Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. And it says, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in the scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father. Pay attention, listen to this. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life. Now watch this. It says, with the word, with the word make something out of nothing. Another translation puts it this way. God calleth those things which be not as though they were. And when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed, everybody shall believe, anyway. Decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do. But on what God said, he would do. I'm going to read that again. I don't even care if you guys want to hear it. I'm going to just read it. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you are you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Read one more scripture. Hebrews chapter 11. How many know we're a loud church in the house? We're a loud church? We're excited church? Any new folk in the house, we want to celebrate you real quick. Celebrate you guys. Amen. Uh, We want to welcome you here, but we are an excited church. So we say things like amen. Go ahead, preacher. Go ahead, preacher. Take your time. Take your time. Hebrews chapter 11. It says, Abraham was too old to have children. But from this one man came a family with as many in it as the stars in the sky and as many as the sand by the sea. These people all died having faith in God. Now watch, this is interesting. These people all died having faith in God. They did not receive what God had promised to them. But they could see far ahead to all the things God promised. And they were glad for that. They knew they were strangers here. This earth was not their home. And another translation puts it this way. All these people died still believing God had promised what God had promised them. They did not receive what God was promised. But they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. Amen. I want to talk to you on the subject today. Lord, what do I do? While I'm here, let's say that again. Lord, what do I do? While I'm here, I feel like preaching this afternoon. Lord, what do I do while I'm in the middle of what? You have promise in the manifestation of your promise. What do I do when I'm in the, the middle of the timeline of the promise made and the promise manifested? Lord, what do I do 
while I'm here. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word is being is being shared with your community, oh God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a faithful God. We thank you, God, that we share this word, not simply so that we can hear it, but Lord, that we become doers of the word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that this is word, this word is much more than information being disseminated, oh God, but this is a word that will transform our lives. Lord, I thank you that you have given me the privilege to pastor an amazing church in Staten Island, New York. Be the father to some amazing children and stepchildren. And I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet, Lisa Domelius. And God's people shout, amen, amen, amen. and amen. Um, whoo, I think one of the greatest inventions ever made, greatest inventions ever made uh, is something, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this invention, it's state of the art, it's high tech. It is called a dishwasher. Yeah. Now. A dishwasher is one of the greatest inventions that have ever been made. I want to start even by saying that this is the marriage counselor. When, when marriages come to me for counseling, I just say, get a dishwasher. Husbands, you want to save your marriage? Get a dishwasher. You know why I say that? Because I, I do not enjoy doing the dishes. Does anybody want to help me? With that, fellas, do not leave me alone. This is your time. Hallelujah. Amen. I, <laughs> how do I say this? I don't like doing the dishes. <laughs> My wife tells me that all the time. She's like, you think I like it? I like seeing the dish, the, 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 the sink clean. I don't like doing the dishes. Potato, potato, I don't know. I just say, I don't like doing the dishes. I just, I don't enjoy doing them. I dislike them and I will make up anything to not do the dishes. I don't know if, if there's any fellas here who know what I'm talking about. When it comes to doing the dishes, I just make up excuses. I'm like, we just finished eating. I have to digest the food. Like, I can't right now. Honey, you have to understand that I just, you know, that's not good when you're standing up and doing the dishes. You're supposed to just, the digestive system does not accept the dishes. And plus, the dishes, they, I think they like to be dirty. Just leave them, leave them. What about this one? Like, what about like, honey, you know I don't know how to do the dishes right anyway. Like, you know I always, I don't know how to do them. You know, like, I just don't know how to do the dishes. Like, they're just, you know what I mean? I got a headache. I just can't. This is my favorite one. Baby, you know I gotta prepare Sunday's message. I can't do it. I gotta prepare. I gotta fast and pray. And do the so I gotta do. Don't judge me. Shut the mouth. Judgment free zone. That is dishwashers or paper plates. Hallelujah. Amen. So so now, with that being said, I have been learning how to do the dishes. Amen. And so I got a great teacher and she has given me a three-point sermon on how to do dishes. <laughs> Number one, men, I'm trying to help you out right now. 
Number one, when you go to, the, I did not know this, but I found this now after five years. We're going to make five years this year. I know. Amen. That's like two decades in Hollywood years. Come on, man. And so uh, my wife told, she has taught me throughout this strenuous process and progress that I have made in washing these plates. She has said, honey, when you go to do the dishes, you have to do it with warm water. Me? I'm comfortable doing it in cold water. Me too. But you can't do it in warm water. Because now, now I have to burn my hands and do the dishes. Right? So, 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 fellas, when you go to do the dishes, do them, ladies, in what? Hot water. Someone said hot water. No, my hands burned. They get wrinkly and stuff with the soap. Uh, the second thing, watch this, second point of the sermon. If the dish or the pot being used to serve is being used to serve cooked eggs, you must first let it soak in warm water with soap. Upon, upon letting it soak, you then scrub the pot until you no longer have the scent of egg on the pot. Yeah, this is my sermon. You, 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 you have to, third thing ready. If there's a dish that has and contains grease. Apparently, if there's a dirty dish with non-grease, you don't put it in the one that has the grease. Fellas, I'm trying to help you out right now. Somebody praise the Lord and shame the devil. God believes in families, and I believe I just rescued like five of them. Now, I'm telling you, I can't stand it. I will see the dish, the sink will be full of dishes, and I don't know about you, but somehow I figure out a way to sliver one in there. Like you ever saw it packed the kazoo? Like it was packed? Y'all, John, I don't know why she's laughing. You, you do the dishes all the time. Oh, it's her. Oh, stop. It's her. No. Now, I don't know about you. Like, I, I even, there's been times that, that uh, I've seen so many dishes in the sink, and I've seen that, that dish, my favorite dish, the one that's dirty, the one that you used to make cereal. And then you just have to figure it out because you refuse to do the dishes. So you're like, I guess we need a coffee cup today. <laughs> I can't stand doing the dishes. I'm telling you, I will, oh, we're going to have to use the paper towel. There we go. We're going to have to use the paper towel today. All right. Right? Because I can't, I can't stand doing the dishes. My, and I have to be honest, my mom, my, my mom, my wife. My mom, shout out to you. She got a dishwasher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> she had four boys. She's like, you guys are not going to run me out of the house. Over there. Um, you know, my wife, I got to be honest, she's not hard on me when it comes to this. She... She, she doesn't ever really ask me to do the dishes. She asked me to do my dishes, yeah. right? And so she'll be like, honey, can you make sure you do your dishes? And she'll like look at the sink and she'll realize that eight out of the items, eight out of 10, well, eight out of 10 items in there are mine. I'm like, how you know? 
Because they're all coffee cups, baby. They're all coffee cups. And I'll be like, baby, I promise I'm going to do the dishes before the night is done. You know? And, you know, my wife is amazing because she don't, she don't, you know, she don't pressure me to do dishes. But she pressures me to do my dishes. And I'll be like, baby, I promise that I'm going to do the dishes. I promise that I'm going to do the dishes. Now, my wife will, will ensure this process and she'll come to me every half an hour. <laughs> baby, are you sure you're going to do the dishes? <laughs> baby, baby, come on. You know I'm going to, I got you, baby. I'm going to do the dishes. I got you. I know, you know, the warm water, I won't put it in the oil. I got you. All right? I got you. Baby. Baby. Baby, I got you, baby. I got you. Half an hour later, she comes back. Baby, come on. The show ready, 8.30. Show ready, 8.30. Come on, you sure you're going to do it? I'm not, baby, it's a day over. I'm gonna do the dishes. Are you gonna commit? She comes at nine o'clock. Baby, are you gonna do the dishes? I'm like, baby, I'm gonna do the dishes. I'm gonna do the dishes. Now I say this because this is true, true story. Nine, don't judge me, man. Don't judge me. Nine out of ten times that my wife asks me to do the dishes, she will end up doing them. Because she refuses to wait on me delivering the promise. Now, she has reason because there have been times that she has woken up in the morning and has seen her saying that she's there. I'm with you. I got you. I know what she was thinking. That's why I said She's ready to defend herself. No, 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 no. So, 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 so she, nine times out of ten, she, she's like, I'm just going to do that. She does them. And then I go and do the dishes. I'm like, yo, did I do the dishes? I'm like, yo, I'm good, son. I'm good. I see a couple of guys have come and done the dishes in my house. And she's like, does that bother you? I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, yesterday, last night, my wife told me, can you do the dishes before I get home from food shopping? And Abraham did them and gave me the credit. Thank you, Jesus. He said, no. That was, that was Rolando. And she's like, no, it wasn't. He's like, it was. And I'm like, no, nah, it was me, baby. It was me. I got this. She's like, if it was you, then you would have known better because I taught you better not to put the sponges for the counter close to the one for the sponges for the dishes. <laughs> Top secret. So my wife doesn't wait for me to deliver on my promise. Now, I say that because have you ever had to wait for someone to deliver on their pr promise and it was just taking too long? Woo! I feel like preaching today. Have you ever had to wait on, on someone to deliver on a promise and it wasn't in the timeline that you were anticipating for them to deliver it in? Am I preaching to someone today? Have you ever been in that place you, you've been in that place where, where someone promised you something and they gave you their word and they did the dance and the backflips, but they were just taken to them. Mm -hmm. See, my wife has reason to doubt on the promises I make her. 
Because there has been there have been times that I have promised, I have sworn, I have prayed to God that I remember doing the dishes, and I have failed her. And many times, because of our human experiences, we take that and we project it on God. And we think that simply because humanity has failed us and humanity has uh, dropped the ball on a promise, we think that God is going to drop the ball on a promise. But I don't know about you. Is anyone that can thank God that no matter what we experience in life, if God says it, then that settles it. If God promises, if God gives you a word, be sure that he is faithful to complete that word through and through and through. If you believe that, give God some praise in the house. While you're, you're here, you're here, 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 here is the place, here is, is the place maybe Abraham found himself in. This is the place, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, look what it says. It says Abraham was too old to have children. In other words, he's like, I'm too old. There's stuff that used to work 10 years ago that don't work no more. Abraham was too old to have children. You guys will get that on the way home. But from this one man came a family with as many in it as the, scar the stars in the sky and as many as the sand in the sea. Let me give you a story about Abraham real quick. Abraham, God approaches him and God gives him a promise. He says, hey, listen, I need you to come, 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 come. This night, look at, look at the stars. You see all those stars? I can see them. He says, count them. He goes, I can't count them. This is, this is amazing. I, I, he goes, that's the amount of kids that you're going to have. That's how, that's how your descendants are going to look like. He takes them out to the beach. He says, hey, look, look, look. You see all those, you see that sand? You see that sand? It's beautiful. Guess what? That's as many kids as you're going to have. That's how many descendants you're going to have. I promise you, I give you my word that you will have a son. It's funny how God will give you a word that seems impossible in the current situation that you're in. I'm going to what? I'm going to what? Do you know me, God? I can imagine his, his conversation. God, do you know me? Like, I can't have kids. What are you talking about that my kids are going to be like the sands in the sea? What are you talking about that my kids are going to be like the, star, the stars in the sky? What are you? God? What do you do when you are in the middle of God's promise made and God's promise manifesting? Wow. Wow. Because here, you're, you're in the middle of what God declared in your destiny. What do you do when you're in the middle of God's word made, God's word manifest? When you're in the middle, when you're in that place where God has declared something over your life, God has made a promise over your life, God has said some things over your life, but you are waiting for him to deliver on that promise. What do you do when you're in that middle ground? That's that place where, where you're in the between stage. All right, God's promise. God's promise manifested. What do you do when you're here? Here, because here is not a comfortable place. I, I don't want to be here all the time. What do you do when you're in that in-between stage and you see the vision but nothing's happening. Well, you heard the promise, but nothing's happening. Well, you're reading the word, but nothing's happening. When you're fasting and you're praying, but nothing's happening. 
And sometimes, even when you pray and fast, it appears that the situation might even be getting worse. Because guess what? Abraham wasn't getting any younger, was he? He was getting older and older. And guess what? The older he got, the more the odds were stacked up against him. I, I can believe it when I'm... See, Abraham was 75 years old when God gave him the promise. But he was 100 years old when the promise was delivered. He says, God, he says look, these are the numbers. Uh, the, uh, the sands that go across the sea, that's yours. And then what happens in between is that Abraham now goes to um, his wife and he tells his wife and his wife knows. And, and at one point his wife is like, hey, listen, I, I know, uh, you know, my, my servant girl, she's been kind of going viral on Instagram. And, you know, she got like, you know, 10,000 likes. And I saw that you kind of liked some, a couple of her pictures. Why don't you holler at her and let her give you a kid? And this is the part where I think Abraham's going to be super spiritual. This is the part I think Abraham's going to be like, get thee behind me, saying, how dare you tempt me with such sin? I think that's what he's going to say. But he says, all right, I'm going to take this one for the team. It's <laughs> more like, yo, yo, but guys, anyway, forget that. So no brainer. If your wife offers you her serving girl, you tell her, get thee behind me, and you will... You will, you will be the man for the rest of your life. But he's like, you sure about that, sweetie? You sure? I'm going to take this one for the team. I'll see you in a bit. I'll see you in a bit. Right? And so the Bible says that he, I like the way the Bible puts it, and Abraham accepted her proposal. And so, so he sleeps with the servant girl. He has a child with the servant girl. 13 years later, this is what's happening after the promise was made. Now here we are, and guess what? Now he has a child, and now he begins to spend time with this child and spend time with his baby mama. Hallelujah, holla back, little homie. And guess what? Sarai starts getting upset. And thus begins the first ever baby mama drama equation in human history. It's biblical. You see what you're going through? It's biblical. I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> what are we doing? If you're here for the first time, come back next week. It'll get better. He's in the middle of the stage. And so what happens? Ultimately, he now, 25 years late, later, his, uh, a couple of guys, a couple of angels, the Bible describes them as angels or men of God. They come to Abraham and they tell him, hey, this time, next year, you will have your son. And he's like, are you, I'm 99 years old. Now we're talking about 24 years later. 24 years later, his son Ishmael is about 13 years old. He is a teenager. And he's saying, they're telling him, hey, guess what? You're going to have a child this time next year. He's like, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. So much so that Sarai laughed in the other room. And God caught a wind of it. But nonetheless, a year later, guess what happened? They had the child. 
they had the child. See, God delivered on his promise. But what do you do when you don't have the manifestation of the promise? You just have the word. Woo. See, see, all he had was the word of God. All he had was what God promised. All he had was the promise made. What do you do? Well, well, what you do is you wait. You wait upon the Lord. And those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Why wait? I don't want to wait. The last thing you want to do when you're rushing is wait. The last thing you want to do when God promised you something is what? Wait. But I want to tell you something that wait in it by itself is a gift of God's grace. Oh my God, I'm preaching to somebody today. Waiting in it by itself, you think that it's God looking to torment you, but it's God looking to work on you. (laughs) Because waiting, watch this, listen to me church, waiting is not so much about what you're going to get at the end of the wait, but waiting is more about who you will become during the wait. Waiting is what God is looking to do in your life to prepare you for the Isaac you're about to receive. See, in your current state, you're only ready for the Ishmael. But God is trying to prepare you to receive the promise. And it's in that waiting period that you, God begins to work on you. Someone shout, wait works. Wait works. Wait works. It's not so much what you're going to get after the wait. It's who you're going to become in the middle of your wait. Write this down, write this down quickly, quickly. Ooh, I feel like preaching today. Waiting means submitting to his glory and surrendering yours. Waiting gives you, watch this, write this down. Waiting gives you the opportunity to forsake the delusion that you are in control and simply rest in God's integrity to fulfill his word. Wow. Someone shout, wait. wait. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, hold up. Hold up. Write this down. Waiting, Waiting is much more than a burden for you to bear. It is a precious gift for you to receive with joy before receiving the promise. See, waiting is God's way of preparing you to, for you to be the proper recipient of what he's about to give you. Wow. Someone shout, wait. One more time for you guys. Waiting is God's way of preparing you for you to become the proper recipient of what he has for you. I want to give you three things. Three things before we conclude this message. I'm going to take my time to think. Number one, write this down. So what do you do in the middle of a God's promise made and God's promise manifest? You you wait. While you wait, what do you what can I hold on to, Pastor Rowe? Because because uh, when you're waiting, it kind of feels like things are slipping from you. But I want to tell you this afternoon that there's a few things that you can hold on to while you wait. There's a few things that you can hold on to. While you're in the middle of God's promise made and God's promise manifested. What do you do while you're here? Number one, I want you to hold on to your confession. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, hold on to your confession. Hold on to your confession. 
Tell them, hold on to your confession. That sometimes the difference between where you are and where God wants to take you is found in what you're declaring every day. I'm going to preach today. I'm going to preach today. Confess the best. What does that mean? It means don't allow your situation and surroundings to dictate what you are confessing over your life. upon works. But if you understand that God's grace is undeserved and God's grace will shower you, then you will understand that your faith is simply this. Believe in what he said. And so we need to start confessing some things in our life. Guess what? I am a preacher, but the greater preacher in your life is yourself. <laughs> Guess what? You don't have a tape with Pastor Rowe on it talking about confess or hold on to your confession. But you have every word that's coming out of your mouth. See, that's why faith is first heard before it's seen. And so what you begin to declare, the Bible says that faith comes by what? Come on, church, my Bible scholars. Faith comes by hearing. What is it that you're hearing, church? See, see, if you're hearing what comes out of your mouth, and what comes out of your mouth is not what God said, then it's going to impact the level of your faith. I want to live in a place, so if I'm confessing the promises of God over my life, and I'm confessing, no, I'm not the tail, but I am the head. I, I'm not going to be a borrower. borrower. I'm going to be a lender. No, I, I can overcome. I can achieve. I am more than a conqueror to Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall... Pro you begin to confess. Let me tell you, your faith will begin to activate, and you will see yourself in this tension where faith is being activated. Results are happening. Simply why? Because you're confessing what God said. Someone shout true confessions. true confessions. See, true confessions is not you trying to get God to align with your words. True confessions is you aligning your words to God's will. Amen. Oh, my God. Angel, I think I need a few, a few buckshots here. <laughs> Woo! There will always be the temptation always be the temptation of declaring the opposite of what God is saying. There always be that temptation. 
Can I speak to the parents real quick? Yes. Before a child is 17 years old, they hear the word no and cannot in some derivative 10,000 times more than they hear yes and you can. This is true. By the time the child is 17, they know more about what they are not and they cannot do than who they are and what they can do. I'm preaching today. And so, I, I, want, I want to challenge our parents. Never declare over your child they are a bad child. And I, I, I've been a parent now for 10 years. And you guys, some of us have been parents longer than I have. But in 10 years, I have never said over my son, you're a bad kid. You're a bad child. Uh, many times we look at what we see, we see in our child and just because it does not align with what God has promised over our child, we start declaring what we see instead of what we heard. But I want to challenge our parents today that when you see your child and it doesn't align with what the promises that God has made, you start declaring life and speaking life over your child. You start speaking life. It's always, we're always going to be tempted to speak death over our children. Oh, you're always going to be like your father. Oh, you, I can't believe you can't get your grades up. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. No. Stop. Hey, man, you look like a prophet to me. Oh man, I see you. I know you're singing. I know you're singing all the, the all that Taylor Swift stuff, and I know you're singing all that. But one day you're gonna be singing uh, Taya Smith and Kim Walker, and you're gonna be leading worship at Cool House. I'm gonna declare life over my children. I want to declare. I want to confess. I want to hold on to my confession. Look at your husband. Start declaring the word of God over there. Even when it looks like it's getting worse. The temptation is, oh, this is always going to be like this. I'm not speaking, I'm not preaching at you. I'm not, I'm not preaching. I, I'm, I'm preaching from a position that I'm going through this right now. Where I have to look at situations in my life that, that seem like they're getting worse and it seems like it's just having no progress. And the temptation is to start saying what I see. But we're not called to live by sight. We're called to live by faith. Samson killed more people blind than he did when he saw them. Someone say, hold on to your confession. Number two, hold on to community. When you're in the tension of promise, family, promise, manifest, you hold on to community. The Bible says that three men came to, 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 to Abraham and they declared over his life, a year from now you will have the promise that God made. I need to get around people that are going to believe and push me closer to what God said, God's word, God's promise being manifested. Now, I'm not saying that you're, a, you're, you're the, I'm a professional, I cut, cut people off, and I, one of the things I most dislike about myself, that I'm like, the older I get, the easier it is for me to cut people off. And the old folk in the, no, I'm just joking, don't raise your hand, I'm just kidding. The older I get, the, the easier it is for me to be like, forget that. Now, I'm not saying cut people off, because Jesus didn't cut people off. He brought people in. Right. But I do want to say, be careful who your circle of influence is. Yes. See, Jesus was in the culture, but he was not influenced by the culture. By the culture. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I, man, full-time preaching is serious. Hallelujah. Holla back. So don't, don't let go of community. Hold on to the people that are pushing you towards your promise. Yes. This is the part where we, oh, sometimes it gets on your nerves. 
I, I, listen to me. I've been working out. I know. You guys already thought that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at Pastor Rose fits in that shirt now. He looks cool. No, 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 no. But I've been, I've been, I've been going to the gym, and I hired a trainer. Now I've been going to the gym for about five months, and I hired a trainer. And what I have felt in the four sessions that I have with my trainer, I have not felt in the five months accumulated by myself. Now, what I've realized was this. When I'm on that treadmill and I feel like giving up, I give up. <laughs> this is what I do to myself. Well, you ran for five minutes, you're good. That's five minutes more than you were running five months ago. So, praise God, amen. I made it to the gym. But you know what I realized? That my trainer... Now, what do I see? I want, to, I want that summer body. I want to be honest. While I'm working out, not to be healthy, to look good. Because if I could look good eating ice cream, I would do that. Right? So, I, what do I want? I want by the summer... I want by the summer to be in the shape that I need to be. Right? My trainer, I realized when my trainer is by my treadmill and he says, and I feel like dying, Woo! I'm gonna pass out. I'm gonna pass out here brief. I got a band in my chest. And you're running. And he says, he says, no, no, no. You could keep on. Plus it's awesome. Not only that, he speeds up the treadmill. You know what I realized? I didn't die, right. but I got closer to the results that I wanted. Come on. Sometimes we push people away that are pushing us towards where God wants us. Come on. Church, don't push. It might be annoying. You might get mad at me. You might get mad at our leadership. But if our leadership is, is challenging you to do things that you might feel like, I can't do this right now, guess what? We're only pushing you towards where God yes. wants you yes. in the first place. Yes. Don't, don't get mad at me because I say, hey, I'm going to speed up that treadmill. You can do more. Right. You can do greater. You can become, you can do it. Amen? Amen? Number three, and I'm done. When you're in the middle of God's promise made, and God's promise manifested. You gotta hold on to your confession. Begin to declare God's word. You begin to echo the, the, the promises that are made. When, when you're in this in the middle ground, Lord, what do I do while I'm waiting? What do I do while I'm here in the timeline between promise made, promise manifested, God's word declared, and my destiny? What do I do when I'm here? I hold on to community and I hold on to Christ. That's easy, Pastor Ro. I asked this to myself. I said, what did, what did Abraham hold on to? What did, what did Abraham hold on to? Because in Genesis, it doesn't say what Abraham held on, hold, held on to. But listen to this. Look at here. But Jesus reveals what Abraham was holding on to. 
Watch this. John chapter 8. It blew my mind. Grenade right here. Okay. Hold on to Christ. Somebody say, hold on to Christ. Hold on to Christ. Christ. It says, they were coming up to Jesus and they were criticizing him and the Pharisees and the Sadducees were looking at him and they, you messing with him. Look what, look what Jesus' response is in John chapter 8, but it's telling and it's revealing something about Abraham that we don't really see in the book of Genesis. We don't see this in the book of Genesis, but we see this now in retrospect. We see what Jesus was revealing. Look at it says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he will see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Wait, wait, what? Abraham was able to see the promise being manifested in Jesus even before the promise being manifested existed. Wow. What do you mean? Because the Bible says that the promises of God are in Christ. Look what it says. For no matter, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us in the glory of God. Amen. What are you talking about, Pastor? That means when he Abraham was in the middle of God's promise made, God, God's promise manifested, he saw that there was a greater promise in the mixture. He didn't just see Isaac being born. He saw that Isaac would be the father in the great, 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 great times of trillion father of Jesus. See, there's a greater promise in Jesus. The promises of, that's what, when I see my promise, when I'm in the middle and I see my promise, if I see Jesus, I'm seeing my promise. The moment we take our eyes off of Jesus, we're like kids in the car. When will we get there? Are we there yet? Are we in there yet? But if I keep my eyes focused on Jesus, I'm so in love with Jesus, I'm so enamored with Jesus, that I will stumble into my promise and be like, oh my God, we're here already. Come on, church. Take your eyes off the thing that God has promised you and put your eyes on Jesus and you will see that the very thing he has promised you will land right in front of your face. It will land right in front of your face. Some of you need to take your eyes off your children and place them on Jesus and see your children become everything that God has called them to be. Come on, church. Some of you need to take your eyes off your wife and your husband and start looking at Jesus. And you'll start seeing that the promises that Jesus made about your wife and your marriage and your finances will be fell right before your feet as you look at Jesus. Oh my God, I feel like preaching. But if we keep 
focus on seeing our finances get better. See my bank account. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> oh man, today was ten dollars higher. Oh, that apple piece twenty for twenty. Two for twenty. It's not working. See if you look at what God, if you're looking for results of what God promised you, sometimes you lose focus that God is the one who promised you. Yeah, yeah. But when I look at the God who promised me, I realize I have no reason to doubt what he said. When my eyes are focused on Jesus, I realize that I have no reason to doubt what he said. Because if God said it, then that settles it. If God made the promise, then it is as if the promise has already been manifested. Because yes. you're looking at Jesus. I don't know about you, but that deserves a great praise to our God and our King and our promise maker and promise keeper. Can we bow our heads today?